listening to Hymns Illustrated, where hymns are explored, appreciated, and illustrated through stories, testimonies, and edifying conversation. I'm your host and fellow hymn fan, Kristen Eifeldano. Hello, everyone. I am so glad you made the choice to listen in today, and I know you have options. So just knowing that you are there listening right now is an encouragement to me, and I do know you are there. I'm not cyber-stalking you or anything like that, but I am able to go into my podcast hosting account and see at least how many downloads I have and where people are listening from, and that is just so fun to do. Uh, We are now in the month of March, and you know what that means, right? We get to dig deeper into another hymn, How Firm a Foundation. But before we do that, I have a special invitation for you. You are invited to share a hymn testimonial to be featured right here on the podcast. And I'm making an even easier way for you to do that. A hymn testimonial is exactly what it sounds like. It is you sharing one of your favorite hymns and why it's meaningful to you. If at all possible, I encourage you to record a voice memo on your phone that is under two minutes. You may find writing it out at first helpful and include a bit about yourself, your name, your location, whatever you're comfortable with, and especially why the hymn is meaningful to you, and then quote or read a small portion of the hymn of your choosing. Now, now here's the one more way you can do this. Even though audio testimonials are best, we all get a sense of getting to know that there are other believers out there in the world singing, reading, and listening to the same hymns as we are, and hearing your voice really helps with that. But if that's too much of a hurdle for you, if it's um, if it's what's keeping you from sharing, then by all means, send your testimonial to me by email, and I will just read it on the show. I am at Kristen, that's Kristen with a K and an E-N at hymnsillustrated.com. And I hope that you will do that. Um, Obviously, I prefer the audio, but I don't want that to become a hurdle for you. If you would like to have a little more guidance on sharing a hymn testimonial, just go go on over to hymnsillustrated.com slash podcast. All right, now let's go ahead and get to our hymn of the month. I'm recording this podcast while there is war happening in Ukraine. This Russian-Ukraine war is absolutely horrifying, and the loss of life is just heartbreaking. Yet I'm hearing reports that there are Christians who are standing strong on their firm foundation and reading and claiming scripture like Psalm 31. Our hymn this month is How Firm a Foundation, and it drives home the powerful truth that God's Word, which includes the Word made flesh, Christ Himself, gives us all we need to endure trials of all shapes and sizes. Whether you are in a war-sized trial, or a cancer-sized trial, or a disappointment-sized trial, or a financial need-sized trial, or the loss of a loved one-sized trial, or a bad day-sized trial, or just a long, lonely, ambiguous-sized trial, this hymn is for you. The hymn was first published in 1787 in a hymn book edited by John Rippon titled, A Selection of Hymns from the Best Authors. 
only we don't know this hymn's author. It's an anonymous hymn, and all we know for sure is that it was written by someone whose initial was K. And this is just perfect because it means we can even more easily put ourselves into this hymn and make it truly our own. So I encourage you to take a minute here to think of either a trial you've endured in the past or one that you are enduring right now. And keep that in mind as I read the lyrics, which by the way, are completely saturated with life-giving scripture. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled? Fear not, I am with thee. O be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my gracious, omnipotent hand. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow. For I will be with thee thy trials to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all-sufficient shall be thy supply. The flames shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume, and thy gold to refine. E'en down to old age all my people shall prove my sovereign, eternal, unchangeable love. And when hoary hairs shall their temples adorn, like lambs they shall still in my bosom be born. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Now, did you notice that the first stanza is written from a third-person perspective? It is essentially saying, look here, saints of the Lord, it's time to remember your firm foundation. And then the rest of the stanzas are written from the perspective of the Lord speaking to his people. And there are just scriptural allusions all over the place. I do have a scripture reference sheet in the works for this hymn. So be looking for that in your inbox sometime next week. If you aren't subscribed to my email newsletter, so you can get that, uh, which also includes the hymn of the month, you can do that at hymnsillustrated.com at the top of the homepage. Now, back to the hymn here, I have three questions for you. And all should be heard with your own trial as context. And this is all based on the very first stanza. Throughout the month, we will be going through the other stanzas in this hymn, and there is just a lot to unpack. I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. Um, But let's go. The first question I have for you is, how firm is your foundation? When your foundation is the Word of God, it is absolutely firm because it's not only the written Word of God, which never changes. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God will stand forever, Isaiah 48. It is the Word made flesh, Christ Himself, our cornerstone. A cornerstone is the first and principal stone in a construction project and is usually placed at the corner of a building to guide the workers in their course. Once the cornerstone is set, it is the basis of determining every measurement in the remaining 
construction. Everything is aligned to it. Jesus is referred to several times in the Bible as the church's cornerstone, making him the sole standard of measurement and alignment. Isaiah 28, 16 and 17 tells us, So this is what the sovereign Lord says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. In context, God speaks to the scoffers of Judah, and he promises to send the cornerstone, his precious son, who will provide the firm foundation for their lives if they will just trust in him. In the New Testament, that cornerstone metaphor continues. The Apostle Paul, desiring the Christians in Ephesus to know Christ better, wrote, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. There's so much I could say here about the surety and the firmness of our foundation, both in the written word of God and Christ himself, but no amount of time would really be enough, ever be enough. But I would be remiss if I didn't take even just a minute in the discussion of this hymn to point out how firm a foundation we have. And that is because although they are distinct, the written word of God and the word made of flesh, they are inseparable. Kevin DeYoung, in his book, Taking God at His Word, writes, Scripture is enough because the work of Christ is enough. They stand or fall together. The Son's redemption and the Son's revelation must both be sufficient. And as such, there is nothing more to be done and nothing more to be known for our salvation and for our Christian walk than what we see and know about Christ and through Christ in His Spirit's book. The second question I have for you is, what more can he say? That's a rhetorical question. It is meant to point out that everything he has already said is enough. Theologians, which should be all of us, call this the doctrine of sufficiency of scripture. And the go-to verse for this doctrine, and there are others, but the go-to is 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Another way to say this is that there, that everything you need for carrying out your God-given role here on earth is found in Scripture. There's nothing more he needs to say in order for you to be complete and equipped for righteousness. And yes, this righteousness does include the endurance you have in trials. What more can he say? We would love to hear a lot more, but he's already said all we absolutely need to hear. And we need to be careful about looking to other sources in place of him. There are good sources for edification and encouragement out there, but it is scripture that is the firmest. The last question I have for you based on this very first stanza, is, have you fled to him yet? I don't know about you, but I do know that I tend to think a lot about my problems or my trials or whatever it is 
before I get the bright idea to pray about it. And why not just take it to Jesus from the beginning? Uh, The arms of Jesus should always be the first place we go to, no matter what. He is our refuge. So I have a few verses I want to read to you along those lines, and they're all found in the Psalms. Psalm 62, 8, trust in him at all times, O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Psalm 91, 4, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. Psalm 18, 30, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. And then Psalm 119, 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, to you who for refuge to Jesus hath fled? Now it's time to discover a new or little-known hymn. We're going with a newer hymn today. In Christ Alone was written in 2001 and was a collaboration between Keith Getty and Stuart Townend. In their book, Sing, the Gettys write this about the hymn. In Christ Alone grew first out of an excitement to write hymns that would help 21st century Christians sing, know, and embrace the incredible truths of the Lord in fresh language and second, out of a frustration with the lack of depth in the songs that were being sung in many churches. In this sense, it was kind of protest music. We envisaged a hymn that told the incredible story of the gospel and settled on the title, In Christ Alone. Keith wrote most of the music, and Stuart wrote most of the lyrics. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground— Firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, When fears are stilled, when strivings cease. My comforter, my all in all, Here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone who took on flesh, Fullness of God and helpless babe, This gift of love and righteousness, Scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross as Jesus died, The wrath of God was satisfied, for every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Now it's time for our Take It With You segment. The Psalms were some of our earliest forms of worship and are the basis for so many of the hymns we sing today. I encourage you to read Psalm 31, a psalm that I've heard our brothers and sisters in Ukraine have been reading and claiming during this awful war. 
And then after reading it, pray through it. Pray with your brothers and sisters in Ukraine and for them. Thanks for listening to Hymns Illustrated. If you were blessed by what you heard today, you can say thank you by leaving a review on iTunes, sharing the show with a friend, or by shopping at christianbook.com using the affiliate link in the show notes. All of these gestures keep Hymns Illustrated going and growing. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep your hymnal open. Thank you.